Oh my gosh, Emily. I cannot believe this incredible chocolate we've been tasting. Ugh. We had to bring Eric and Jalisa from Storyboard Delights back to discuss. Absolutely we did. What is it about your chocolate that makes it so magical? Ooh, it's magical because we infuse so much fun in our chocolate. It's not something serious, but it is a serious experience. We make sculpted chocolate bars that have stories to tell, like, for instance, our Red Riding Hood bar. Oh, the Red Riding Hood bar is super fun. First, we start with the digital painting on the front, and it tells the first part of the story of Red Riding Hood walking into the woods. And then when you unwrap it, you have this sculpted bar of Big Bad Wolf sitting in Granny's bed. And then you taste it, and the flavor profile wraps up the rest of the story. And so you first, when you bite into it, you taste the earthiness of the chocolate, which is the hunting grounds of the Big Bad Wolf. And then you've got the Pasilla chili pepper, which provides sort of the prowl. It's kind of spicy, not quite, but then the guajillo bites you at the end, just like the Big Bad Wolf. You can find us at www.storyboarddelights.com. Pick out whichever chocolate you want, whichever story you want, and we will ship it right to your door. Fantastic. I'm going to storyboarddelights.com right now. Hello and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate and inspire romanticism through passionate people doing incredible things. Hi, I'm writing my life one page at a time. I'm Trey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi. Uh, Today we are joined by an incredible guest, and I cannot wait to get to talk with her. Uh, She's already been cracking us up uh, behind the scenes already. Uh, Emily, would you do the honors of introducing our fantastic guest? I would. We have uh, New York Times bestselling author Jude Devereaux on the podcast today. She's written nearly 80 books and is working on more as almost as we speak. And she has at least 43 New York Times bestsellers, which is an impressive number. And I'm very pleased to introduce Jude to the show. Thank you for joining us today, Jude. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Jude, it is incredible. And being able to do some of the research that we've had, we've been able to to read a little bit about your story. Uh, But for some of our listeners, would you tell us a little bit about how you got started into writing? I had an idea for a book and uh, wrote it down. I handwrite, I still handwrite everything. And I paid my next door neighbor's teenage daughter to type it, mailed it to publishing house, and and they said, "Could we please send you um, publish your book and send you a bunch of money?" And I said, "Yes." And they said, "Would you write some more?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I haven't stopped since. Wonderful. Nineteen seventy nine. Wow. Yeah. Right. And one thing that sets you apart is you didn't like necessarily what types of characters were out there is that right I had a lot of trouble at first because um, they didn't want the books I was writing because I didn't have the hero rape anybody and my editor said we can't publish this because how do we know that their hero is is a virile man if he doesn't rape somebody and I said that's not love that's not romance and I said, I was crying on the phone and I said, just send it back to me. That's when we had hard copy. And I said, send the back, book back to me and I'll see if I can find somebody else. And they, she said, well, okay, we'll publish it, but it won't sell. <laughs> and did. then 80 books later and 43 New York Times bestsellers later, I think right. you proved her wrong. Yes, I did. Go you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sandra from our chat was asking, uh, were you a school teacher at the time that you were, uh, yes. that you were writing your first novel? I taught, uh, fifth grade for years, six years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, prior to becoming a school teacher, um, what was it that you studied in college? I have my, uh, bachelor's degree is in, uh, art, fine arts, um, weaving and pottery and a lot of art history. I had a 20, 120 hours in art history. So, so yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to become the world's greatest weaver. <laughs> and I got it and found out that nobody was willing to pay me to do that. So I went back to school and uh, for two years and got my degree in um, teaching elementary okay. uh, education. Yeah. So, do you still do art of other kinds besides writing? I do a lot of art things. Yeah, I I do for my books. I have maps of everything, so it's all art and what I learned in art school. Uh, it's really important to me. Yeah. yeah. When you say maps, I take it kind of like you're writing. You do that hand drawn, and you do it all yourself. Everything, yes, hand drawn. Wow. Mm -hmm. You can see on the picture of my coffee table with all the pens on it. I love colored pens, <laughs> 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 and um, I draw everything. Yeah. Um, my, um, I, this happened very recently, less than a year ago, my agent, I've not had an agent most of my career for 30 some years. And now I have one, Robert Gottlieb. He's just wonderful. I just love him. And he called me from uh, London and he was really excited. And he said, I've just come back from the Frankfurt book fair. And he said that everybody is buying, um, fantasy novels. Can you write me a fantasy trilogy? Give me an outline. And Robert's like, I want it yesterday kind of thing. Wow. So I had 24 hours. I didn't sleep. And I sent him uh, the next morning a an outline for a, a fantasy trilogy. And he says, great. This is great. Write it. So then he took it to the publishing house and they said, um, uh, yeah, okay. And they were willing to buy it. And that's what I've been working on for the last year. I just a few days ago turned in the book, the first one of the two. They cut it down to two books, not a trilogy. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but because um, they got a three book story jamming into two books. But that's what I'm working on now. And so I came up with these little characters. I'd seen action figures before, just pictures of them. And I thought, hey, you know, this is a fantasy. I can buy these. And Amazon's got a million of them. So every character I could think of, they had an action figure of it. So I started buying them. It's been wonderful. I just love them. So you use the action figures for to be the in place of the characters in your book? Yeah, it's just kind of a visual thing. And they're in my head. And um, I look at them and, and see them. And it's fun to think, oh, yeah. I bought two new ones, characters, just this week. And then I threw out the characters, so I've got this plastic box full of unused action figures. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you can use them again. Yeah, exactly. If these do well, I would love to write some more about my made-up planet. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You've got little fairies and little animals. And... Lots of little animals. Yeah. So you were yeah. you were telling us something about the because the book is going to come out soon probably right? Well, actually, I thought <laughs> I don't keep up with this, but I thought I had finished all the murder mysteries that I just found out I've got one of those coming out, so it's going to be another year. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I don't know when it comes out. This is twenty three. This is twenty twenty three, yeah. so it may not come out till twenty five. Okay. Yow. That's amazing. We have a lot to look forward to then. So as far as like the fantasy book though, the one you said you just sent over book one to them. Yeah. We were talking before the show about this. You were so excited about being able to create your own world. And one of those things you were able to create was a type of character that is kind of a hybrid. Can you talk about that? Right. Right. I, it was hard at first to get into it to think I can make this up because I'm so used to writing. I've written 11 medievals and I don't know how many historicals. And I have to check everything. If I want someone to get from here to there, I have to check carriages and horses and saddles and, and what they carry with them. Mm -hmm. But this time I could make it all up. So as I got into that, I realized I could go crazy. And, and I invented uh, Lely's and there's people who are women who've mated with animals. These are special kind of animals. And they have these children who are half animals. 
and that's been a lot of fun. One of my main characters is half fox, uh, a young man with pointy ears that twitch around, <laughs> and he can hear and smell and things and see really well. <laughs> so it's that's been really an enormous amount of fun. I love the idea that you can create your own world and you can create your own characters from whatever you want it to be. Yes. Yes. The names have been a pain because I need names that you can, that are different, that you haven't heard before, but you can pronounce by looking at them, uh, not things with hyphens in them. And I want things that are easy to remember. So that's been difficult, <laughs> but I'm getting the hang of it. Um, so there are a couple places online that you can use. Uh, I actually used it to create some of my Dungeons and Dragon character names. Um, and they've actually been really nice and decently yeah. readable. Um, so, uh, I think that might offer some, um, but we do actually have a question in our chat from Susan. Uh, and Susan asks, will the fantasy books have romance or mystery? They, my agent, Robert, says, dude, is this fantasy book you've sent me this? Is it going to have a romance in it? And I said, Robert, it's me. What do you think? It's going to be. It is a pure romance just set on a different planet. And she doesn't even know at first that she's on a different planet. And um, it, there's a long story behind that, how she's chosen for this. And when she finds out, she's very angry about it. Um, but she gets over it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a pure romance, really. It's, yeah. You just have to trust that Jude knows what she's doing. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, she's obviously uh, proven herself to be um, amazing. So I get maybe the, the publishers need to... <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about publishers. But um, I think your track record speaks yeah. for itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's a good People think the oh. publishing world is real, really simple and sweet with these people in wool jackets with elbow patches. And they're, no, no, no. Uh -uh. It's not like that at all. It's, <laughs> it's pretty harsh. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a cute visual, but. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Adorable. But it's not like that. Yeah, it's pretty cutthroat. Yeah. So Jude, you are getting a lot of love in our chat here. Um, I want to just call out a couple things. Uh, Kimberly says, I love Jude. Re been reading her uh, her books for years. Um, she said, Legend uh, Shashi says, Hi Jude, uh, Legend is one of my favorite books. And then they asked, will you write any more time travel books? Um, I wish it was made into a movie. Ooh. I did. Um, my my agent, Robert, this is uh, when the pandemic came on, and he said um, he had all these rules that publishing was making about how you're supposed to write books now. And I said, I can't do that, um, Robert. Uh, so I'm going to retire. I'm not going to write anymore. I was really upset. And he says, he says, no, no, do what you do best, write time travel. Take them out of a time now and go back to the past. I said, oh, okay, I can do that. So that was my time travel. My heart will find you, I think they named it. Named it, And that was that was a lot of fun doing with White uh, uh, Earp <laughs> and finding how to fit it into history and going back in time. I love doing that. Yeah, I love time travel. Just love it. Yeah. Do you do a lot of research when it comes to like, if someone's traveling back in time, you research that time period then? Yes. Yes. When I first started, I had so much trouble, like for the Black Lion to, I wanted to know what kind of wood they used in a bow and arrow. And I read four books about the bow and arrows. And then I put every word that I read in my book. But I mean, I lectured on on the the wood that was used, how it was sculpted, everything, and I sent it off. And my editor said, um, "Stop trying to lecture us on history. Stop it. Uh, just tell us the story." So, <laughs> so I had to go. Like I went out 
crying. I was crying uh, with this and went to office supply and I bought this great big basket, which I still have. This is a long time ago and uh, a new pair of scissors and a whole bunch of tape. Because back then we had typed manuscripts and I didn't type. And um, so I just cut out all the, my like history lectures and then taped it all back together and sent it off to my typist who is in Washington State, Dave Helen Cricky, and uh, redid it. <laughs> that was a hard lesson. That was my, that was actually my third book that I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, ask, is there a particular era that you like to write the most in or do you just kind of, do you try to vary it up when it comes to time travel? Um, there are certain times that I like best. I like Elizabethan age. I liked early, mm. early medieval, medieval uh, cowboys, the easiest. And um, I like uh, Thomas Jefferson, anything to do with Thomas Jefferson. I love Thomas Jefferson time that the early revolutionary time period. Those are my favorite. Oh, and um, the Gilded Age. I love the Gilded Age. So those are my favorites. Yeah. Some of mine yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a Viking or pirate person. Yeah, never could do those. <laughs> Rhonda in the chat wrote, uh, Jude's books are filled with emotion. Does uh, she experience those emotions as she's writing? Tears and happiness? <laughs> yes, yes. I feel everything that I write on a page. I cry through them all. I, I, uh, when it comes to a very emotional scene, I just ball through the whole thing crying. I can't see. And I fall down on the floor crying. I mean, I get, I still do it. I mean, I've been doing this for 40 some years and I still get very involved in the anger. I feel the anger from it. Um, just absolute rage. When my, in this book that I'm doing that I just finished, when Kaylee found out that she was on another planet and she'd been transported against her will, she was really furious and I felt it. I was, I was livid. Yeah, how dare they <laughs> kidnap her? <laughs> and how do you sue somebody on another planet? How do you get back? It's three years. And she's like, she went off and up on top of a mountain and sulked for days. <laughs> yes, I felt every inch of it. I was so angry at them. Yeah. How wonderful, There's... though. Sorry, Trey, go ahead. No, you're good. I, I love that you do that because it reminds me of like being so in the moment in theater that you're getting just so embodying so many characters. And while actors typically just embody one, you're having to embody all of them as you're writing that. Um, yeah. Do you ever do you ever have to take time to like woosaw and just like step away from it for a little bit? Yes. Yes, if it gets too much, and I'm not good at uh, uh, murder, really um, bloody things and battles. I'm not very good at that because I get too involved in it. But I feel the emotion. But yes, sometimes I just have to go away. I work out a lot, and I go to the gym. Yeah. Right. How when you go to the gym, uh, just what do you what do you do to kind of brush off some of that steam? Box. I've been boxing for 10 years, heavy, hard boxing. I, I'm a serious boxer. Yes. <laughs> I have a trainer. He comes twice a week and, uh, and I beat the heck out of his hands or he gets in a bag. Um, boxing. I do a lot of boxing. <laughs> That's great. I do yeah. hear that you have a mean right hook. <laughs> I have a really mean, I made a, a made a couple people cry with that <laughs> accidentally <laughs> yeah i love this, this wonderful. Yeah. i mean i i feel a bit little bad for them but like how how great and and going back for a second to how you have have such an emotional tie to the stories you're writing i i want to say i'm going to venture to say that this is part of what makes your work great because you are in it. You are not just writing about it and pumping books out. You are experiencing those things just like your readers do. And I think that helps tie your readers to your work so well. Yeah, I, I, I found that out long ago that if I'm crying while writing it, a lot of times people cry when they're reading it. 
I mean, uh, when I wrote um, my book, Night in Shining Armor, mm -hmm. I cried for three days solid. I couldn't stop. I was crying and crying and crying. And wrote the end of it and kept crying for days. I just, um, <laughs> he was staying behind and, and that really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our producer, Sandra, who you might know through our the email conversations, she said, I love your forever, forever and always wishes, Mulberry Tree, and Angel for Emily. And the list is vast, she said. <laughs> and a few, oh, and the, the Gilded Age. She loved that too, that period. Um, I love that too. Right. And someone said, don't mess with Golden Gloves Jude. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Lori from our chat uh, would love to know more about your binders. Uh, that about <laughs> specifically just about the, all the binders that you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Whenever I do a book, I, I do a binder. My outlines for my books are about twenty thousand words, and so yeah, right. <laughs> and I put everything. I try to put everything in binders and, and uh, little binders. They're half size binders, A fives English size, and um, label them. I make timelines. I I'm a I'm a queen of charts. I tell you, I make charts like you wouldn't believe. Everything um, and tables for things and uh, whatever people are doing. Right. I mean, well, especially since you have series that involves the same characters, the same families, the same threads yes. of people through multiple books over years of writing. So I imagine you have to have a place to go back to reference like those things. Yes, it, it makes it easier and to keep track of things because uh, especially with my murder mysteries, they have me write a murder mystery, then a romance. And I go back and I'm like, now, who are there in the murder mysteries? And then I have to go back and read my outlines and my charts and, and see birthdays and who's out and where they live and all this and stuff and keep track with things in there. So that's great. Yeah. I feel like I would lose track <laughs> if I didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Reading this chat is like a love letter to you, Jude. I hope that you know how many people watching right now just enjoy your works. Uh, we have Jan, uh, Jan, who said, we stay up all night reading Jude's books. They're wonderful. Uh, Carolyn says, if you weren't reading or if you weren't feeling everything, you write the way you do. Uh, Jude, we wouldn't feel anything either. Uh, Kimberly oh, says, nice. I, I love the Taggarts and the Montgomery so much. And you know Jude, Jude's books are great because I tell my family about them as I'm reading them. It's <laughs> nice. That's nice. I I live with them. Um, uh, they're what's in my. They're pretty much my whole life. Life. That's what I like to do. Do just write all the time. Wake up at four a.m. and I'm hitting it. Wow. I've been working for four days now on a scene. I couldn't figure out how to do. It's making me crazy. I wanted to put these two characters together in the middle of the story. And I just kept writing down facts that I knew about them and how to put it together. And then one morning I woke up at 4 a.m. and said, oh, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. And then I sit down in my blue chair here that's in my picture. And I started writing it and the next thing I know it's like six o'clock in the evening and I haven't had anything to eat. I haven't been to the bathroom since 4 a.m. Because it's pretty much obsessive. Yeah, I would right. say I'm pretty OCD. Yeah. So when you, you, you have a day like that where you have, you, you want to put two characters together and you can't figure out how and you're writing things, facts about them, you said, do you, do you do anything to step away for a minute? Like, what are some of the things you do to kind of like rebalance your thinking on, on some of that? Well, I think with a pen in my hand, I've always handwritten everything. So I just sit down with the clean paper and a pen and I say, and I just write, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. What can I do? How do I figure this out? What do I want to do? I write all this stuff. What do I want to do? And then I 
I want Mikos and, and Aradella to fall in love. So how do I do that? They hate each other. They can't get together. I've got to get them together. And I'm writing all this stuff down, every word of this. And then finally, I, it will eventually come to me. Maybe not that day even, because um, it took me three days to come up with this one. And I was dancing around. Woohoo! I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and that's what I've been working on for, for the last, I guess, three days since then. So it's all together. It's about six days I've been working on this wow. one scene. Oh. That's that's really immersive for you. It is. It is. Yeah. I'm very much. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I have to have a trainer. If I go to the gym and I start moving around and I'm doing some weights and all at once I'll think, oh, I know how to do that. I will leave the gym and go back and write. So I have to get a trainer to make me stay in there for an hour. I have my neighbor. I write to my neighbor here. I, I have good friends here in my apartment building and my neighbor, uh, if she hasn't seen me for three days, she texts me, says, Jude, are you okay? Yes, I'm here. I'm still alive. I'm working. <laughs> I don't go out. That's the trick then, you, to stay in the gym. Because that's what would be my issue is after 10 minutes, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I need someone to keep me there. <laughs> yeah. I got a good trainer right now. He's a retired MMA guy. He does, and uh, he's really good. He's tough. First thing he did was hand me a 60 pound uh, uh, kettlebell and says, here, pick this up and put it down. Pick it up and put it down. Do it 12 times, 12 reps. That was the first exercise. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. Wow. You can't get you can't get a mean right hook from not doing nothing. <laughs> I know. You gotta get those deltoids up there. <laughs> Boxing. That. Oh, you need deltoids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Susan from our chat uh wants to know, do you have an all time favorite character from your books? Hmm. No, um, I'm usually madly in love with this, whichever man I'm working on. Um, I really like. <laughs> I love that. Um, some some of them are standing out. I wrote a book with a character named Bronwyn in it, and sometimes when I'm uh, out in real life, I'll say I should be Bronwyn. Stand up, you are Bronwyn. Do it because she's very strong. I remember her very well. But I'm into whatever what I'm working on right now. Like that. Yeah. Um, a couple other f comments from the chat. Chanel said, we love her immensely. Jude's books give me joy every day, Susan said. Um, one other question was, what magic does Jude use to help develop characters? That's what Jan asked. I, I, I don't. Um, this is what people ask me. This is the idea, the uh, question I'm asked all that. Where do you get your ideas? I don't know. I don't know what is in other people's heads. Just there's stories in my head. There have always been stories in my head. I didn't know um, that that was different from other people. And I started writing them down and people were saying, wow, this is great. And, um, that's, it's just like, it's just full of stories. I don't know. Right. I don't know where it came from. Born with it, I guess. That's imagination. You, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's it's so representative of many different storytellers. Um, that kind of gives me the same the same passion that Laura Packer does mm -hmm. with uh, coming up with her stories. Um, just hers are told in a different format, but they're both just filled with stories uh, just all the time. Right. Do you read as well? Do you? Do you have a favorite writer that you read? I don't read fiction much anymore because uh, I sit there and think, no, no, why does she have the character do this, do that? And also it, because it makes me think it's work. But I watch a lot of videos because it's, uh, you know, the cold and hot medium kind of thing. And 
you don't have to think when you're watching TV because <laughs> it's all there. Right. Yeah, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube and, and I love English murder mysteries. Yeah. Do you really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Dish. What? Which one is your favorite? Um, I've been watching. Um, well, Grant Chester's out the new one right now. I just finished uh, the last one of the Silent Witness, so I've watched all of those. Those um, there aren't many of them I haven't seen. Um, the old ones, of course, Midsummer's. I've watched all of those at least three episodes. Anything I, Agatha Christie. I've watched all of them. Um, oh, the new one. What was that one? Now? God, at the one with the guy from Grantchester. Um, wow. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Good content there. Yeah. Yeah. Agatha, uh, not Christy, uh, Agatha Raisin. Oh, I love Agatha Raisin. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I subscribe to BritBox and um, PBS Masterpiece and all them. They come on. Yeah. Good stuff. So you have in your picture with all of the figurines that you are using to write your fantasy uh, and those characters, you also have several cameras on your table there, too. (laughs) I should have taken those off. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what you love photography, don't you? I passionately love photography. Yes. Yes. Every time I get paid, I go to B&H, which is the biggest camera store in the world. It's in New York City. Mm-hmm. And when I lived in New York, every week, I walked down from 72nd Broadway down to 9th Avenue <laughs> to B&H and then walked back, buy myself a lens or something. And <laughs> I love cameras. I, I'm a pretty much a camera fanatic and lenses and everything about it. Yeah. Did that start early on, or how did you get involved with yes. photography? Yeah, yeah. I started out a um, long time ago. My neighbor, I was saving to buy a, a Canon Rebel camera, big deal. This is film camera. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 he's professional. And he said, no, no, you get a Pentax K1000. And it does nothing. You have to know about aperture and shutter speed yeah. and... Um, everything about it and so i learned from that and so i still do a lot of manual stuff now because of that that was really good advice yeah you have to learn all the settings yeah yeah i've been using uh leica camera and they have uh manual focus and that's kind of new to me but i've been doing manual focus because don't get me started on photography (laughs) i'll never shut up That's my yeah. thing. I love photography yeah. too. I, I do oh, quite yeah. a bit of it. So that's part of why I wanted to ask. And then we had a question oh, yeah. in the chat too. So yeah. Do you do, cause you travel a lot, so you must bring cameras with you. Yes. Yes. Um, I get by with like four cameras and seven or eight lenses. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm terrible. No, this is, uh, this is after my own heart. I love it. I just got a new Fuji, uh, the X100V, uh, now. I have the old X100, and I got the new V, and they're supposed to come out with another X100 in about six months. So, anyway. so you're on it. You're ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Do you find it difficult to switch? Because that's one thing that I struggled with. Like, I have Nikons, and I have Sonys. And I, I struggled with the settings between... Like I got so used to Nikon, then when I switched to Sony, then I was lost. Where are these settings? Oh, it's, I picked, I have a Sony A1 and Uh I've been using my Leica um, and my Fuji and I picked it up and I'm like, okay, how do I see the pictures? I forgot, uh, just (laughs) went out of my head, but it it comes back, it comes back. And then there's the Sony menu, which is, oh my God. Yeah, Sony menus are horrific <laughs> i can i absolutely sorry sony if you're listening <laughs> fix your menu. i can't find the ap i spent 20 minutes trying to find the apsc see listing on the <laughs> i know yeah only menus are not not 
for the faint-hearted. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. So where mm-hmm. where's your favorite place to travel and take pictures? I travel all over the world. Uh, I, I go every year with the same people, about 200 of us in the, uh, travel and we go for months at a time and um, everywhere. I, I like, um, Africa is wonderful because there's so many colors and bright and the sun is wonderful. Um, but I also like Europe. Uh, I like it all. Yeah. These are pictures, uh, these are taken in Nepal and Ghana and the Himalayan up uh, Mount Everest. It was oh, right by okay. Mount In um, Brazil. Okay. Um, the one with the sloth is with is from Brazil. Amazonia, actually. And oh. Madagascar, the lemur. That's the lemur, yeah. Lemurs. Was he friendly? Oh, they're just wonderful. Um, they hug you. The I had to give my camera to somebody else to take, and the and the guy's like he snaps one picture of the lemur and tree, and then the, he was on my the lemur was hugging me. It was on my shoulders, and he didn't take any pictures, so I missed oh. that. Uh, the elephants are in Nepal. Okay. Uh, two, two. Yeah, and there were three of them. You, you can't see them there, and I was hugging one of the trunks of one of them and stroking. Then the other two came over and nudged me sideways. They wanted to be hugged too, so I had to hug all three elephants. Of They're course. really <laughs> they wanted to be, and the and the guys on top they love their elephants and they're smiling because everybody else is kind of afraid of them. Um, not me. If I hear on my ship with my group that I travel with every year, if I hear somebody yell, Jude will, then I know it's to do with an animal. It's some weird, creepy, uh, boa constrictor, something, Jude will, yeah. Monkey on a chain, chain, sloths with uh, four inch long claws. Yeah, Jude will, yeah, and I do, I love them. That's, I can relate to this, I love it. Yeah, yeah. they're so sweet. Grateful, and if you love them, they love you back. Yeah. Yep, I believe that. Yeah. And you obviously you... have a, a a knack for it. Go ahead, Tran. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I heard somewhere that elephants look at us like we look at just uh, small pets of some sort. They kind of look at us with this just general fondness for things. Um, just incredibly intelligent creatures, but also have this incredible amount of empathy towards us. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm putting that on my bucket list. Hug an elephant. Oh, they're very gentle and sweet. I went up to the first elephant I was near, uh, and I went to her, and I knew it was a girl, and I said, very quietly, you have the most beautiful eyelashes I have ever seen in my life. You are so pretty. And this huge elephant stuck her trunk out and wrapped it around me. And everybody started screaming. Ah! <laughs> and I knew she was just hugging me. And I wasn't afraid, but they were screaming. And the ones I like, the, I, don't, I didn't see the picture of the, uh, when I, with the, uh, the huge 500-pound tortoises on Galapagos. Oh, I really yeah. love Yeah. I squat down with them and they, they'll just come up and you're not allowed to touch them on Galapagos, but oh. they can touch you. So if you squat down with them, they will come up and rub, rub their uh, hard little heads on your cheeks and your shoulders and things. <laughs> the tortoises do? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Because they know you, I just sit there and just talk to them and say, I just think you're beautiful, you're wonderful. And they know it, they feel it, they understand it. It's just me. <laughs> How wonderful. You're the animal whisperer. Yeah, I love the animals. I aspire yeah. to be like this. I've, I've conquered chipmunks and um, we're working on crows next, but um, oh yeah, one day elephants and sloths and lemurs and tortoises. Yeah, big tortoises. Yeah. Yeah. And the big snakes, they're pretty friendly, too. Hello, it's Emily, the host and creator of the Modern Romantic Podcast. I just wanted to interrupt really quickly to say thank you so much 
for your support. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the likes and comments and follows. Thank you for sharing with your friends and family and fellow artists and your positive reviews on podcast platforms are not lost on us. We see every one. So we appreciate you and thank you again for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, koalas, koalas love you. Koalas hug you back. They do. Yeah. They're sweeties. They're sweeties. Yeah. They're heavy little things. And, uh, but they hug you and just where, snuggle up. With you. Where did you go for koalas? Was that Australia? I'm, yes, I've been to Australia many, many times. And uh, they have parks where you go and you hug a koala and and uh, the kangaroos, the little uh, kangaroos come up, they're quite tame. The ones they have, the big ones. Really? They're lovely. Yeah, yeah, otherwise you hear about kangaroos having a mean right hook as well. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any of there. They have the smaller ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So well, it'd be fun to be in a boxing match with a, a kangaroo. Hmm. Yeah. I can duck pretty good. <laughs> I, You're about I, my head. <laughs> I, I want to say, like, somewhere back in the 90s, I have, like, very vague memories of watching this animated cartoon of uh, of a kangaroo boxing match with somebody. So yeah. I want to yeah. say at some point someone's trying to do that. Yeah, um, I mean, they still do it. Yeah, they do it. And they put gloves on them. What? Uh, they're really strong. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. No. I mean, you're pretty brave, but I don't think that's. Yeah. No. We have uh, a question in the chat: Is what is Jude's favorite Star Wars character? Do you have a favorite Star Wars character? I'm not a Star Wars person. Um, much. I've done a lot of Star Trek. Okay. Um, Always okay. like that a lot. That uh, not Star Wars. Mm -mm. Have you watched any of the newer Star Trek series that they've come out? With? I watched Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> the that first one. series, and then it got kind of yucky. But uh, yeah, I love the little Yoda, the baby Yoda. Grogu. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a cute one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a Star Trek Discovery is one of their newer series, and I really like that one. It's got a powerful female lead, which I'm a fan of. Yeah. I've been watching uh, The Witcher, the first series, the first year of The Witcher. Oh, my goodness. I've watched it three times. I love The Witcher. It's faded out now, but uh, they, with Henry gone, that's... Yeah. The new, but I love the new season is out, but I love I love The Witcher, too. Yeah. No, I like Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. the chat just blew up with Henry Cavill. In <laughs> yes. Everybody is commentating about Henry Oh, Cavill. yeah. Yeah, I've been involved in all that. Right. Yeah, giving my opinion of it. And this last three episodes were just dreadful, horrible, horrible. The seventh episode was unbelievably bad. Oh. Yeah. I'm so such a caught up. <laughs> Good. You can skip the last three. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, if Henry Cavill's still in it, I think I might be able to get through it. <laughs> he's not in episode seven. Skip that. He's he's in the last a little bit, but they mostly took him out. And I, I see. Do you ever watch? Uh, there was another question about how you create characters, and I just thought of this question, and that was: Do you ever watch a series like that and think about your own characters that you've created and kind of? Does that help you to create characters, or do you, or are you able to draw on that at all? Um, I guess so. I think it all blends in my head because I've watched so many fantasy things. I watched the whole Hobbit series. I couldn't count the number of times, and I'm passionate uh, Tolkien fan. Yeah. Um, and it all mixes up and comes out, but I hope it's original. It's I haven't stolen anything. I hope. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to suggest that. I guess. No, I'm no, <laughs> no, no. I didn't think you were. Okay, good. 
good. Yeah, um, Sanders said, Emily Habit. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's work as well. Oh, yeah. We gave Trey a lot of grief for not having seen Lord of the Rings for a long time, and he finally watched it. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah, I think it was, like, what, about eight months or so? Uh, I finally watched the entirety of the uh, the Hobbit, not the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. We're proud yeah. of him. <laughs> Everybody likes Lord of the Rings better. I like the Hobbit better. Yeah. I like the characters in it very, very much. I like the first one. And I tend to quote it in my books and stuff. And I even had in this one, she has a copy of The Hobbit. And she's reading it to these characters in a cave on a snowy night, I think. Because they don't have books in my lane. Wonderful. Yeah. What about yeah. second breakfast? Oh, that's my <laughs> yes. best. That's my favorite phrase. <laughs> second. And elevenses. And what about tea? And what about supper? And what about dinner? Right. This is no, no, no. I think that's it. This is it. Yes, that's it. My. I'm sorry, Jude. Uh, my uh, my boyfriend will actually uh, quote that sometimes, and I'll make a statement of some sort, and then he'll just say, "Well, what about seconds of that? What about elevenses of that?" And we'll just keep going on. Exactly. And I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> yes. To, uh, every time I go to Wellington, New Zealand, I go see the uh, Weta Workshop. And I go see, uh, and I go see the Hobbit Village. Uh, so I've been to each three times now. Now and take a lot of pictures and just wander around and look at the place. And it's it's wonderful. Um, they made the Jackson. He had to tear it down, and it was so popular that he rebuilt it. And now it's just the doorways, but it's there, and you can see it from the movie. It's, it covers a few acres, and then the Weta Workshop is wonderful. Wonderful, I go there. Yeah, <laughs> I was just there. <laughs> I was there just a few weeks ago with uh, oh Peter DeVries. He's a very very famous uh, photographer. Photographer. He was on our ship and he was there and he and I bonded over that because he had me take a picture of him uh, with uh, one of the big um, trolls that life size oh, trolls. Yeah, with. the cave trolls or the um yeah. the ones in the woods. Yes. I know which ones you're talking about. The big three. The they're, big three. There there's, there's one of them there. Uh, they have the, yes. The weather. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, it's on my bucket list and I want to go, but I didn't know that, that there was any, there were any trolls there. Yeah. It's, it's where they make everything. They won't let you go in the back of it, but they have three rooms there you can go through. And then outside they have, they have a troll out there too. Um, that's really nice. And they have a gift shop, which I go kind of crazy on. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Of course. I would take a million pictures and yeah, for sure. Yeah. We were talking about yes. trying to get somebody from Weta on the show because I, I think that would be a good interview as well. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Someone in the and chat said Trey needs to read the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> oh. Next up, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I will say is uh, I love Neil Gaiman. And if Neil Gaiman and Ooh. Tolkien write very much the same way, I I will have no problems. I've never read his. I've seen him on the Big Bang Theory. Neil Gaiman, he's on there and he, he makes a little cameo mm -hmm. appearance. And they talk about him a lot on Big Bang Theory. Theory, But I have not read any of his stuff really. I haven't either. So I can't I help you with that, Trey. Sorry. I just know that they're both very descriptive of things. That's... <laughs> yes. Then, yes. yes. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, The Hobbit's shorter. Read that first. <clears throat> first the Hobbit's... Oh, yeah, that's true. It's okay. much smaller. You could start with The Hobbit. Okay. I was just going to say chronologically, that makes more sense anyway. Um, uh, Shashi in the chat says, can you tell Jude how much her book club loves her? We read a book each month and discuss. There are 
several people from this book club in the chat that have been watching. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> great, my ladies. And I, I get excited about things and write uh, a newsletter thing, send it to them, <laughs> what I'm doing. To That's always. wonderful. You have such, uh, such a, a lovely group of people that are uh, read your books and follow your career and cheer you on and are part of your world and I think it's awesome this community that you've built with this whether you realize it or not um, it's, I think it's wonderful no thank you that's my yeah, they said <laughs> the best book club ever <laughs> no that's nice I know they have contests they do contests and things, things. yeah yeah Hey guys, <laughs> hello to all of you. <laughs> so are you, do you have travel plans coming up? Do you, are you looking forward to going anywhere soon? Yes, I have three more trips this year. Um, and then uh, in 24, I'm staying home for a whole year. This oh. is wild if, to write the second book of this fantasy thing and then to plot some and then 2025 i'm going on another five month cruise and we start out in um, tokyo in january um which is really cold really really cold yeah. but i've been to uh russia i go to russia on the um eastern side of russia russia kamchatka vladivostok which is really cold it's north of siberia and wow. in the Antarctica often. So so I'm I'm hoping I'm gonna be used to it. Everybody's saying that Tokyo in in January is pretty horrific. But there are monkeys that go into hot springs there and I'm going up to photograph them. Oh yeah. that's, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah, that's what that's the whole thing is about. So it'll be on five months on that trip and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. What an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Do you deserve it? Is there any chance you need an assistant for this trip? <laughs> you know, the funniest thing, people are always volunteering to travel. You travel alone? Uh, all right. No, I travel with 200 people I know. No, I hide out in my cabin sometimes, often, as they will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very, they're friends. It's, we've traveled together a long time, and they're friends, and they protect me from people who get on and start pestering me about can you get my book published and get me a million dollar movie deal no i cannot go away leave me alone <laughs> that's hard i'm sure yeah. there's a lot of love out there for you but there's a respect level too that yeah yeah that's hard yeah. do you um you know i one thing i like to there's a lot of people out there that see what you do and they want to write too and they want they want to become writers they want to delve into that or just maybe try it out and see if they like writing. Do you have any advice for somebody who maybe wants to dabble in what you're doing? They need to actually do it. This is what I encountered for 40 some years. People say, I want to be a writer. No, you need to write first. Just sit down and write it, start it, do it. And they, how do you start? I don't know. You start with one sentence and add another sentence and add another sentence. There is no way to do it. If you talk to any writer, they all do it a different way. And everything's legal. You can start in the middle of a book. You can write a character. You can do whatever you want. It, the main thing is to actually do it. Stop thinking about money. Stop thinking about autographing. Stop thinking about movie deals. Write the book. Look, that's what I hear mostly is movie deals. People come up to me and say, I want a movie deal. You didn't get me a movie deal. And I'm, yeah, right, right. It's not my, I like the books. So that's the big problem. Wow. Yeah, yeah one step at a time. <laughs> oh, write the book. Right. right. Write a good book. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, every author that we've interviewed so far has has had similar advice but definitely get in there and just start and at least write yeah. something and hone, yeah, hone your craft 
and stop talking about, well, I have an idea for a book. Uh, how do I sell it? How do I tell that I have this idea for, um, how do I get a publisher? How do I get an agent? <laughs> and you have an idea for a book? It takes a thousand ideas. Every sentence is an idea. Um, I can't get anybody to understand this. They either write or they don't write or they talk about writing. Yeah. You you have to make the idea be more than an idea to be yeah. a writer. <laughs> you have to actually do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as people think. It takes an obsession to do it and keeping track of all your characters and what they said. And uh, I had a big, big problem. I woke up three o'clock in the morning and said, oh, my God, I forgot that he already told this. He thought this, but he didn't tell anybody this. But then I have somebody referring to it. It was a major rewrite to go back and, and fix that. It seems like a simple problem, but he had to tell somebody so they knew it. Right. it yeah. Rewriting is half of it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we've heard from several authors that rewriting is something that that some people do some authors do because they aren't happy with it or they feel it needs fine-tuning and then there's also publishers that'll ask them to rewrite parts and that it's kind of a constant rethinking of the story sometimes yes um you can get editors can ruin a lot of books they're really good at that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Can you switch this chapter with that chapter? Well, no, because this chapter happens before this, this, these events. And yeah, I have an editor now who leaves me alone. That's best I can ask. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think well, that also speaks. Oh, I think that speaks to the relationships that you build and you learn to just kind of uh, get to know people and like once they see your vision for something then they support it and they go yep she knows what she's doing just give me no. more time travel no my agent does that editors don't you have to say uh, i'm now to the point where i say no i don't want to do that i'll sell the book somewhere else and they leave me alone oh. but oh. my agent's wonderful he's great he's fabulous he's <laughs> I love Robert. I'm going to see him uh, next month. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good agent to have that you can't wait to see. Yeah. Him. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Karen Robart's a friend of mine. Uh, she she got him for me. She says I think I think Robert could help you help you, and we just hit it off really well. That's wonderful. Yeah. I I do have a question, and that ties in with a question Rhonda asked too, and that was. I, what is, what is it like to co-write with someone else? Um, for instance, Tara Sheets, that was one person that was brought up, but how does co-writing work? I, I didn't really, I couldn't really say it's a co-write. Oh. Um, Robert, but it is called that. Uh, Robert asked me to um, come up with a tr trilogy plot that somebody else could write. And because the publishing house wanted to use my name and a lot of writers are doing that. So I came up with this kind of time travel thing where something happened in the past that this man has to fix. So I wrote that. Actually, was the funny thing is I wrote it while I was in Ghana, <laughs> which always reminds me of my Ghana book. <laughs> and I sent it to him, uh, sent him the, the outline of it, and he found a, a writer for it. And she had some questions about it and how did this happen how did that so i rewrote the outline to answer her questions and that was it um i gave okay. it to her and she wrote the books and i had nothing else to do with it i never it was in my contract that i could reread i could read them before she turned them in but that never happened okay so interesting i wondered how that worked yeah i just wrote the outline for the plot of the book and my plots are pretty long. It wasn't one of my 20,000 word plots, but 
In fact, I, I did send a long one into Robert, and he says, can you cut this down to three pages? He said, first time. He wasn't about to read 20,000 word outline. Jude, uh, I want to make sure we know that you have this incredible book club that's with us here, um, but we also want to make sure that our listening audience is able to connect with you in uh, wherever you're the most active. Um, is there any social media that you would like to share with our listening audience? No, I don't have any. Um, that's enough. It, with them, that's all I do. I, uh, they have an Instagram thing that my pictures are posted there. Yeah. Um, that's it. I don't have, I don't go on Twitter, nothing else. That's enough. So, <laughs> right. So Jude's website has links to accounts that are pictures that are posted professionally for her, but she doesn't have any personal accounts. So if you go to um, Jude's website, you can see that you can follow her work on Instagram and Facebook and, and things like that. And Goodreads is another one I saw, which is excellent. So that would be those would be good ways to, to follow her work. Well, Jude, I have to say, this has been incredible. I love how much fun and how much passion that you have. And I'm happy that we have another Lord of the Rings fan to join our yeah, our, our book club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, from Sincerely, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. Um, you are an incredible woman, and I cannot yeah. wait to read your next, uh, your fantasy book when it comes yeah. out. Ah, thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait. That's exciting. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you, everybody, and have a great day.